Welcome to the Philosophy Podcast, where host and lacrosse expert Jamie Monroe will do what he does best, talk about lacrosse. Each episode will provide listeners with education, insights, stories, and lessons about the lacrosse world. We will discuss current events, coaching, philosophies, and college lacrosse recruiting. Now let's get started with your host, Jamie Monroe. The Philosophy Podcast is brought to you by Oxia Time, a cool watch company focused on university-branded watches. John Canaris is the founder of Oxia Time, and he was the goalie at Penn in the late 80s who led his team to the Final Four. John is actually best known for being the goalie that Gary Gate dunked on in the Air Gate. Oxia Time makes beautiful, Swiss-made, authentic watches whose design and quality match the essence of the universities they represent. I can attest to the quality of these watches. John hooked me up with a sweet Brown University Oxia watch, and I think it's the nicest thing I own. Initially licensed with eight Ivy League schools, Oxia keeps adding new schools each month. One of the coolest things Oxia offers is custom timepieces to commemorate championships or to celebrate storied teams. Check out the UVA Lacrosse Championship watch. It's sick. Princeton did a really nice one last year as well. Oxia even did an LSU football championship watch this year. For any teams interested in creating a custom watch this season, Oxia will upgrade it at no extra cost to a championship watch if your team wins a conference or national championship next year. For players, parents, and coaches interested in custom team watches, check them out at oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A time.com. How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to a, another edition of the Flying Solo Podcast. I'm really excited to do a series of Flying Solo Podcasts called What I've Learned. And what I want to do is talk about what I've learned from the coaches I've played for or worked for or been friends with, the, the players I've studied and watched, or even books I've read, anything that you guys might find interesting about the great game of lacrosse. So I want to start with what I've learned from my college coach, Dom Starja. I've actually known Dom since I was a pretty little kid. I moved to Freeman Parkway in Providence, Rhode Island when I was about nine. And I remember seeing Dom and a bunch of his buddies walking past my house with their lacrosse sticks on the way to Moses Brown School, which was right next to Brown University where they would go actually shred the nets. And my brother and I'd be out playing usually soccer in the street. And we would see these guys walk by and I'll never forget. And as I moved, as I got a little bit older, I got to know Dom. I was the ball boy for the Brown soccer and lacrosse teams. And Dom was the assistant soccer coach and assistant lacrosse coach up through about 1983, which was my sophomore year in high school. So I was a part of Cliff Stevenson's soccer programs. I went to the camps. I played, I went to the lacrosse camps and, and Dom was a fixture. He was always there. And then I was lucky enough to be recruited and play for Dom. And then I was also lucky enough to have him as a friend, as an advisor and an advocate during the course of my coaching career. And when I look back at the things that I've learned from him, it's an amazing exercise and it's, it's been really fun and I'm excited to share it with you. One of Dom's amazing talents is to create excitement around a program, almost to create a brand. 
Um, Brown lacrosse was such a passion for us. And he had these t-shirts, I'll never forget. They said, Brown lacrosse with a passion. My favorite t-shirt. He created a video way back in the day. Actually, Pete Lasagna, his assistant at the time, created an unbelievable Brown lacrosse video that really kind of summed up what the program was all about. And Dom had a real passion for not just lacrosse, but the education and the curriculum at Brown. And he, he could get people excited about it. You just loved Brown lacrosse. And it kind of grew into Brown State. Um, I don't know who started Brown State, but Brown State is the team we play up and that we play with up in Lake Placid. And we always kind of called ourselves that because we just didn't want to think of ourselves as just another uh, Harvard, Yale, Princeton type of Ivy League school. We, we felt like we were a little different. And that was because, because of Dom, really. Um, and the, the amount of excitement he generated, that, that was something that helped me big time. When I was at Denver, I, I realized sometime around 05 or 06 that I wanted to create a brand for the University of Denver of how we played. And, and it, was, it was high level skill development and creativity with box lacrosse style of play. It was pressure defense, full pressure with double teams all over the place. And it was just, it was, it was a up tempo, fast, fun way to play. And I think when you build a brand for your program, it helps people identify with what they want and it gives them something to identify with and be proud of. And it's something that I learned way back without really realizing I was learning it from Dom. Dom always also believed in his best players. And if you look at his teams at Brown, from Tommy Gagnon, through Darren Lowe and Andy Towers, through his Virginia teams with guys like Doug Knight, Tim Whiteley, um, Michael Watson, all the way up through. If you listen to the Mark Van podcast, there's an unbelievable number of attackmen, you know, from Connor Gill through the Stanwicks, the Rotellis, and he would, they were usually attackmen, but he would ride these players and give them, really give them the keys to the, to the, to the team. And the team would go as they would go. Obviously the supporting cast mattered. And, you know, we'll talk about that in a bit, but it's pretty interesting to be able to give your best players the opportunity to win the games for you. And also on attack, because from an attackman's perspective, Dom believed that your best players should be on attack and that you should attack with your attackman. Now, this is something that perhaps I could have learned better because when I got to Denver, I didn't have a Connor Gill or a Steel Stanwick. Um, so we were attacking with middies and attacking from wings and doing things a little bit more differently. Um, but to this day, if you've got that kind of an attackman, it, it, it absolutely changes your game and whether it, you, you, in your, in your complexion of your team and your ability to win, it makes everybody better. Now he didn't invent that, but I'll tell you, if you ever asked him his philosophies, that was a part of it. Dom Starge was an incredibly hardworking guy. And that was something that I always took from him. He recruited, he was always in the office. He was always trying to do extra for the team, for the program. And the way he recruited took so much effort. I, I remember I would get personal notes from Dom 
um, almost like every day in the recruiting process, it seemed like. Sometimes they were longer notes. Sometimes they were really short with just a quick little, hey, this would be great. You know, we used to joke as players, that it'd be like love letters, be like love Dom. But, you know, it really matters. And I learned that in my recruiting, that how much effort and time and personalization, how far that, how far that goes in building those relationships and showing that you care. Um, it makes a massive difference. And it really helped me in my recruiting and, and really in business. You know, the whole world revolves around relationships. The other thing that Dom was great at doing in recruiting was finding gems. He would find gems all over the place. You know, you just look at his little Moses Brown connection. Now that was kind of easy because we were just right across the street, but we were not the recruits that everybody knew about. Uh, Tommy Gagnon, Bernie Bonanno, myself, my brother, before us, it was Tad Barrows and there was a, a lineage. And then, and then of course, uh, Rotelli years later, Dom was gone from Brown. He recruited a Moses Brown guy down to Virginia who became a tour a ton winner. Um, but finding those gems, a lot of times he would find them in new England. He'd find these multi-sport athletes that might be a little raw, but, but he saw something in. He also recruited a lot of Canadians. We had so many Canadians when I was, when I was at Brown. Um, unfortunately, he hadn't really figured out how to leverage those guys. There, there was a guy named Gary Walker, who was a junior when I was a freshman. And he ended up being like, you know, winning man cups. And I think he was like an MVP caliber player at the senior A level in Ontario. He didn't get much playing time at Brown. And that was because back then there was more polls. And I don't think people really figured out how to do two man game on wings um, and he was a righty. And so he didn't get to have that one lefty finishing spot or whatever. Um, but I'll tell you, recruiting Canadians was something that got him higher level recruits. And he was always thinking outside the box. Oliver Marty was, was a big time player at Brown Canadian that worked out Oliver Marty, Darren Lowe, and my brother, Neil all got to play on an attack unit together. And Oliver scored nine goals in a playoff game against Loyola. And obviously you know, Dom had some great Canadians along, along the way at the University of Virginia as well. Um, but the thing that Dom always said was that he was, he looked for something special in a, in a recruit, something that was, something that, that could be just, he'd always talk about that he was looking for something special in a recruit. It could be the way the recruit carried themselves. It could be something physical. It could be something skillful. It was usually a combination of things. And he would say that he could find a recruit on and evaluate them on their worst day. And he would know that they could play. It's really interesting because a lot of people get all caught up in, oh my gosh, I didn't score enough goals. Um, you know, in this, in this particular game, you know, coaches won't think I'm good. Well, they're not just going to think you're good if you did score all the goals either. It, it's more than that. It's a combination of elite qualities, which includes your academics, your physicality, your size, your hands, your quickness, your vision, your presence, your two-handedness or your incredible one-handedness. Um, it's like a combination of things that you can, that can make you the best at what you are. So Dom was Great at seeing, I mean, some of these guys, you could, anybody could see them five fields away, but a lot of times he found some guys 
you know, that a lot of other people didn't. I remember Matt Poske is a perfect example. I mean, a lot of people recruited Matt Poske, but man, I remember this guy at Jake Reed's camp and he was from New Jersey. He scored an inordinate, an inordinate amount of goals. And he's a good athlete, but not an incredible athlete. Um, and he dominated up recruiting him. And he ended up being one of the most prolific goal scorers out of the midfield, like ever. Um, and I just remember him seeing that. And it was just so interesting because it wasn't like your classic downhill dodging midi like Paul Rabel, you know, that, that everybody was recruiting at that time. He was really more of like a, an off-ball guy that, what, that actually also happened to be a good athlete. Great recruiter. I learned a ton from him and, and he loved recruiting and I love recruiting. And I'll tell you, you know, it's tough. It's tough to recruit if you don't love it. Um, but to be able to go find those and project what those players are going to be is pretty interesting. One of the things I remember about playing in Dom's program was just the emphasis on skill development, whether it was going to his camps or coaching at his camps or being at practices, they were fun and they were really skill oriented. Um, I remember, I remember being in a tight one-on-one -on -one drill. Never, it was a new drill. We'd never done it. We just lined up right on the island with a cross check right on my, on my right arm. And we were trying to get shots off and I ended up, faking a behind the back shot and then just pausing like I, like I had thrown it. And my, my guy, Greg Starkins was guarding me and he turned around and then I shot it in. And it was like, it was then that I kind of realized that, you know, these drill environments where you give kids a chance to be creative is the most powerful thing you can do. I ended up doing that same play in the game against Cornell, like later that year, I've tried to teach that, particular skill a million times. The fact is, is that you can't really teach it. You have to do it. You can sure, certainly present it and you could get people to do it, but it's more about something occurring to you in, in real time. And it's, uh, it's, it's a part of the way a coach creates their environments. One thing about Dom too, is that he was not afraid to try stuff as a coach from an X's and O's perspective. Um, we made a living off of pressure. His man down defense was a full five man rotation with pressure. He called zombie and it was awesome. He did this thing called press zero where he'd shut everybody off and, and let guys like Darren Muller or Bill McComas go to work back then. You could take the ball away a little bit more easily, but man, it, it was such a amazing way to, to change the complexion and tide of a game. And it, that had a big impact on me too, because as a head coach, I knew that I had to do something differently. I couldn't win at Denver when I got there by doing what everybody else was doing because I didn't necessarily have the same level of talent from the beginning. And pressure was one of the ways I mentioned, this is one of the things that um, John Torpy and I decided to do in 2005. Let's just ratchet up the pressure. If we're gonna lose, let's go down swinging. And I'll tell you what, man, pressure will win you 50-50 ball games. You got to be disciplined with it. You got to be smart with it, but you got to commit to it also. And um, man, press zero, having to go against Darren Muller. Darren was one of these guys. He was a, he was Ivy League player of the year as a junior in college. And he played with a stick that was like a schlong, a short long. It went up to about a sternum. And because of that, he would actually cradle a stick like an attackman with one hand and protect it because it was short enough that he could do that. But because it was a short stick, his checks were so quick. His wrap was ridiculous and he was so fast that he could run with you. Dom also loved 10-man rides. Paul Hooper put in a sick 10-man ride 
um, that uh, we ran and what, what an impact it would have, particularly when you could have more polls in the game. And that had a huge effect on me too, learning how to do things, learning how to crank up pressure, learning how to try things. You know, Dom was not a zone guy, but I remember in, in 1989, we were playing Penn. You know, they were like eighth in the country. It was a night game on a Friday night and we played zone. They had Peter Smith, um, unbelievable shooter. They had a great offense. They were coming off their final four team. They graduated a lot actually from that 88 team, but they were still really good. A Tony Seaman coach team. And uh, we played zone that whole game. And um, we won the game, huge win, eight, six. And um, the fact that he went zone probably won us that game. And so as a coach, not being afraid to do something and try is, is hard to do sometimes because it's just easier to be safe. Um, but I think that if you commit to something, there's a lot of different ways to skin a cat. And when you can change some things up and not be afraid, it can, it can take you a long way. I did a webinar on my coach's training program with Dom in which he talked about in their 2011 season, the last time he won a national championship, they decided to go zone and they rode it all the way to a championship. So some really interesting stuff. Um, I hope this podcast is something that you guys uh, have found interesting. Dom um, has been a, uh, a great friend, a great role model, and a great coach to so many. Um, and I was uh, kind of psyched up to share some of the things that I learned. So um, if you have any people uh, that you want to hear about, maybe I can, uh, maybe I can take some requests on my, on my future, what I've learned solo podcast. But otherwise, um, have a great Thanksgiving and uh, thanks a lot.